Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And this is Heart Health Radio. If you'd like to call and talk to Dr. Weefault, here is the telephone number, 919-860-9783. Call between noon and 1 on a Saturday only for that. Right. Otherwise, I've got another number for you. We're going to give you in just a little bit. All right, 919-860-9783. We haven't taken a phone call in two weeks I really would love to to hear from somebody. I think it's because we've been so mellifluous and fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's funny because people will, if the guy on the radio has got nothing to say, they'll say, well, I need to call in and bail him out. Right. You and I, we're already talking about something usually. Yeah, these people are so mesmerized. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill announced it has identified two clusters of the coronavirus on campus. There's a reason for this. Yes. Well, the studies have come out. The CDC uh, rightfully looked back at their data, and there are a bunch yeah. of MRI studies. You know the MRI of the brain? Yeah. They can do functional MRI. What that means is they give a little contrast agent, and it shows what part of the brain is activated. All right. And the problem is, in 25-year-olds, that's when it starts to deactivate the two big risk-taking centers of the brain. So that's why you see these kids speeding when they know they shouldn't. Right. And going to these parties where they're on top of each other. Part of it is, you know, rebellion. Uh-huh. And the other part of it, they just they can't stop. So what's happened at the universities that have opened up? Even though they're not supposed to have a group of 10, more right. than 10, right. inside, and no more than 25 outside, they're doing it anyway. Now, thankfully, the people at UNC, these kids, these college students who are getting it, have not gotten sick yet. But here's the problem. They go home to grandma. And they yeah. go home to mom and dad. Right. So, you know, if you're at UNC and you're listening, mm-hmm. just 10 people, less than 10 people indoors, less than 25 people outdoors, don't hug and kiss. Have you ever seen these pictures of these college kids? Yeah, I It's a have. big thing. Hugging and air kissing, cheek kissing, lip yeah. kissing, yeah, even yeah, if you yeah. don't know this person. And and it'll it'll go through um, and you'll get over this. But I can't emphasize enough from a health point of view how important face-to-face learning is. Yes. And people don't realize that if you miss school, if you don't interact with other human beings, you're not going to learn. I mean, I can't imagine the college experience I had yeah. being anywhere near the same as that would you see online. I can't. I just don't understand it. But the idea that, well, all right, we're going to take kids. What kids? They're kids to me, but they're you know, young adults, 18, 19, up to 22. We're going to lock them in their house with their mom and dad all summer. Yeah. All spring and summer. Crazy. And then we're going to say, okay, I want you to go to school, but I want you to understand that you shouldn't have more than 10 people in an area. Yeah, and that's you should be, be six really foot and, and you should never kiss. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I have a patient 
and I can't mention her name because I don't have a permission slip to do so, and I don't want to. She's 17. She's now at UNC Chapel Hill, and she got COVID about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. And I got a call from her mom, and we did a uh, telemed visit, and she had the vital signs right there. She could tell me that her child wasn't wheezing. She had a cough, sore throat. Yeah. And a positive PCR, which is the accurate test that measures the genetic material of the virus that's in your nose. And so um, I used hydroxychloroquine on her. You did? Yes. And the pharmacist was really good about it. The insurance company even agreed to a uh, one-week, twice-a-day regimen. She got better in two days. Wow. Um, I, and again, this is a post-hoc propter hoc. That just means... She got better. Would we know that she would have gotten better without it? No. But here's the great thing. She what? has a get-out-of-jail-free card from UNC, which means that she's not going to be quarantined from a situation like we saw in the dorm just now where they had an outbreak. So so she's in that dorm. She gets a get-out-of-jail-free card. And that is, of course, quote-unquote, assuming immunity. There's no reason not to assume immunity. There's been no case of a young person getting it again. Now, there are cases where older folks have seemed to recover and then get it again, quote unquote. But I suspect those are relapses. And I'm excited. Um, I think there are a lot of young people who have have had it and don't know it because 80 to 90 percent, and that's a minimum. I think it might even be greater once we do all the antibody studies to show who's had it and who hasn't. Yeah. I think it's going to be even greater than 90% are totally asymptomatic, and that's why we, and, but still capable of transmitting. Right. And that's what made this virus so difficult. What makes this so difficult is that you don't know that you've been exposed, and right. therefore you still walk around and give it to others. Give it to others. Now, there was a Political person. Now, I'm not going to mention who it was. I mention. No. She said that the previous administration did a, did a great job with Ebola. Oh, my gosh. And that this administration has done a terrible job right. with this. Yeah. There's a significant distri- difference Nobody between one Ebola and the other. Ebola was asymptomatic. You got Ebola, and there's, there's something called the black vomit. Okay. You can't. I get would notice. From. Yeah, and that's what was the name of that book about Ebola? I don't know that came out um, about how dangerous it was. A guy coming from Nigeria to New York City right. got the vomit bag. Yeah, and he was vomiting black vomit. Now the interesting thing, yeah, is that nobody on the plane got it. If you're if you've got Ebola, you're sick. Now this is the problem in the U.S. of A. with COVID. The vast majority of people who got it were transmissible. In other words, they were infectious. They could right. give it to somebody else. But they didn't know. Right. No symptoms. If I had known that, I wouldn't have predicted the low number of cases that I did. It's another reason why I'm mad at the communist China government. Okay. They, they lied about it. They knew how, how contagious it was from person to person, but they lied about it. And that's the thing that really ticks me off the most. So UNC students, do the best you can. Okay, just, you know, wear your mask, social distance. You know what they should do? What? Is find a way to have a contest about who could have the most fun doing the right thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Put it on. What's that TikTok that they like? Sure. Yeah. 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 And you know, I tell you what. I'll look at TikTok from UNC. If somebody shows me the best, yeah, TikTok video of of having fun but doing it right with social distancing, masking, and restriction, <laughs> I will buy them ice cream you, and one night of ice cream for the whole dorm. You are a walking after school special. Absolutely. <laughs> You are you are absolutely setting the bar. Well, we can do it. I mean, if we can do it. And so talk about setting the bar. When we do the shout-outs, I'm going to shout-out a very familiar restaurant yeah. that I think is doing it right. All right. I want to do two things in the next couple of minutes. I want, I, I, first of all, I want to talk about something non-COVID-related. Great. And the second thing I want to do, but we're going to do this second thing first because we're adding listeners and at radio stations all the time. I want you to tell... Where you went to school and what's your experience and what are you trained to do? All right. Well, I went to this little college yeah. in, in New Jersey, Princeton. Princeton. And I got hooked on science and medicine. Uh-huh. And then I went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And let me just say this. I've been practicing now for 31 years. Everything I know and everything I do is Johns Hopkins. Right. And it was an amazing place. Um, they taught me every little detail about how to speak to a patient, how to think about what we call differential diagnosis, what they could have. And then I went to Duke and learned how to put tubes into people yeah. and pacemakers into people. And then I've been practicing. And I've used that experience. And what I love to do is yak. Okay, oh, what yeah? does that mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I'll never forget something called tell. Yes. the ultimate raconteur. Yeah. And I just like educating. And this is what I do with my patients, okay? If they want to know, and most yeah. of them want to know, I spend a lot of time explaining in simple terms what's wrong with them, what's right with them, why to take your medicine, what your medicine actually does. And so I've been a fan of radio because it, it it's my venue to go mm-hmm. out and do what I do with my patients, but do it as to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. So they can know that a doctor really can talk to them right. and really can explain things. Now, I'm not the best in the world at explaining complex medical ideas simply, but I'm pretty darn good at it. Yeah, you're getting better. I got to talk to you, so I better explain it right. Exactly. It's like Michael, what's his name from the office? He says, all right, stop. You're explaining something to me. Pretend I'm 10 years old. <laughs> and in fact, that works with me. If I understand yeah. it, other people will. That's We're going to take a phone call. We're going to take a, a subject that is non-COVID related, palpitations and stress. If you have heart Palpitations, are they caused by stress or is chicken stress? Chicken or the egg. Right, chicken or the egg. And that's all coming up. And we got a phone call or somebody's in the waiting room. We're going to get to him next on Heart Health Radio. <laughs> Telephone number at Heart Health Radio. We have two of them. Sorry, but we just have to. If you're listening between noon and one on a Saturday, here is the number 919 860 9783. We have an anytime phone number for everybody else. If you're hearing this, and apparently you are, please dial 919-745-7422. That number will ring because it's with me, and I will eventually pick up and I will talk to you, or it will go to an answering machine, 
and you will get on the show. Again, that is the call anytime number, 919-745-7422. We got Billy from Wake County. Hi, Billy. How you doing? Doing good. How about you? Good. What can we do for you? Okay, I know you wanted to get away from COVID, but I have a question that, it's like, whoever you ask, you're going to get a different answer. Sure. So see what Dr. Weepholz says. Great. These tests that they are giving, and number one, I believe there's something out there. They absolutely do. So don't take what I'm asking as, oh, he doesn't think there's anything going on. But is this test that we're getting for coronavirus, or is this test that we're getting for COVID-19? Because I hear people use those words interchangeably, but from what I understand, coronavirus has been around for a long, long time, and there are different strains of coronavirus, like common cold is a strain of coronavirus. So yeah, that is such a great question. And the other question I have is, if I test positive today, and I go back and get retested next week, and I test positive again, I'm counted twice, right? <laughs> Excellent question. Are you counted twice? Yes, you are. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's get to the first question. Coronavirus is a term. It's like a species, dog, okay? Yeah. So we got we got beagles and we got pit bulls. All right, so if you test positive for a dog, you might just have a beagle that's nice and friendly, or you might have a pit bull that's going to rip your face off. Okay. So there's all sorts of coronaviruses that cause common colds. They can be dangerous. People can die of the common cold, believe it or not, especially if they get a virus that uh, attacks their heart. But anyway, your tests for COVID or the coronavirus test you're hearing about is specific, we think. So there's two tests. They shove something up your nose, and then in five minutes they tell you, quote, unquote, whether you have COVID. That's not necessarily true because that test, that five-minute test – is so inaccurate. It's about 80 to 70% accurate. What does that mean? A lot of false negatives. That means you have it, and the test said you didn't. And a lot of false positives, saying you have it, and you don't. And so if you are asymptomatic, and I'm so glad you asked this question because it was a topic we were going to address. Yeah. If you're asymptomatic and you go get a five-minute test and it says you're positive, more than likely... You don't have it, and it's a false negative, which is why I don't use the five-minute test. What do you use? I use, we talked about this last week, we've talked about it before, PCR. P is in Peter, C is in Charlie, R is in Robert. That measures the genetic material from the virus. If you have the virus, it's going to show up mm-hmm. 95% of the time. No test is ever accurate. That's why, like, you know, you get a test that says you have prostate cancer, get it confirmed because there's a lot of false positives to that test. So yes, it is both of these tests are measuring COVID, not corona. But remember one thing. We think now probably eighty percent of people who um are positive by testing right. don't actually are, are actually asymptomatic. You're right though. There the the rates that we're seeing of positivity are being affected by people who are getting repeat testing. So Amber, one of the people in my office, her husband is very sick from it. Right. He just got moved to a ventilator rehabilitation center. He's coming along, but he was really sick. Yeah. Amber got it, has been um, sick, but not sick enough to go to the hospital. Yeah. And 
she keeps testing positive. Mm. So some of these people can't get rid of it. But did you realize her four tests are counted as four different positive tests? Man. So it's not a high number, but it still inflates a little bit. And I've had three people test positive for three weeks. Most of the others test negative when they get come back for their retest. So what do you excellent think, questions. Billy? What do you excellent think? Excellent question. Well, I, I, again, you kind of confirmed what, I, what my thoughts are. And, you know, I think a good example of what you were talking about with the five-minute test thing, and I'm not sure he took the five-minute test, but the governor of Ohio, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he tested positive in the morning and canceled an appointment he had, and then later in the day, he tested negative, and then I guess they did another one and he tested negative on that. So, right. Is, remember the governor? Who was that guy who going under Trump's? I'm, I'm yeah. guessing I'm, halfway at Ohio, maybe? Yeah, the governor of Ohio. So just before Trump arrives in Ohio, dun da da hell to the chief, okay. he's a coming to Ohio. I was going to say that, Dr. Weasel. <laughs> yeah, so he got tested in the morning and was positive. The alarms go off, stay away from the president. Right. He goes and gets his PCR test, and the next day he's negative. Okay. Yeah. So I would say this. If Trump and those people should buy a PCR machine. Okay. Yeah. The reason why it takes seven days is not because the test takes seven days. The test takes 30 minutes to do the chemistry. A PCR test does. Yes. Okay. 30 minutes. And so what I would, but the equipment's very expensive. It's not like the antigen test. That's real easy. We can afford it. But the equipment is expensive. But so what? Trump can afford it. Yeah. And I think that's what they ought to do instead of these, these rapid tests every day, which are coming up with false positive. Billy, thank you very much. Thank you. Have got a great Mar- day. Got Marie from Raleigh. Hi, Marie. What's going on? Oh, I'm doing great, except uh, I'd be glad when everything gets back normal. Yeah, good luck on that. Yeah, Dr. Weefall. Yes, ma'am. How are you, sweetie? Haven't seen you in so long. I'm are you, doing, are you still doing, doing well with your new doctors? I'm uh, having a lot of uh, uh, with my primary doctor. And by the way, her name is Mrs. Alexander, Dr. Uh-huh. Alexander. Fine it's, name. Is she uh, related to you? None of the Alexanders around here are Except related to me. Except for Alexander the Great. No, none of them want to be related to me. <laughs> you got a, a lawyer who's on this uh, station called Bill Alexander. He doesn't want me to say specifically that I'm not related, but I'm. it's clear. Boy, yeah. he is a smart man. In he fact, is. by listening to Dr. Weepall's show, I've been listening to him, too, and we're going to make an appointment with that man. He is smart as everything. Marie, we've got a couple of minutes. What's uh, going on with you that concerns you? Well, uh, this is something with my daughter uh, talking about the uh, the virus. Yes. Well, um, she had gotten real weak, and she's an adult. She had gotten real weak, and... uh, Lost her. She couldn't smell, uh, eat anything. I mean, she could eat, but she couldn't taste anything. Right. She did not have a fever, but she went to the emergency room, and they said she was positive. Okay. But she has really, really having a. She's getting better too, but she never had any of those any congestion. And I began to wonder if she really had it. Well, the emergency room tests are accurate. They don't do the rapid tests in the emergency room, so. They, if you have a positive in the emergency room from a antigen test, that's the simple five minute. They automatically do the PCR test. So she has it. And the key thing about it is that these symptoms 
are such a panoply. That means there's so many different symptoms now that people can have. And the reason is your daughter's immune system is pretty darn good. Okay, so what it did was fight off that virus, prevented it from getting in her lungs and making her real sick. But in doing so, she had other symptoms, nausea, Mm -hmm. weakness. And you know why you get weak from this virus? Because your energy, instead of going to your muscles and and everything else, Mm -hmm. is going to the immune system, producing all these immune cells. It's like what I tell people. If you're out in the hot sun, the reason why you get tired if you don't exercise, because your body devotes the energy to sweating. So it's the same concept. Your body is going to devote its energy to fighting the virus. So, yes, Marie, if she went to the ER and they told her she was positive, is a 95% chance she was positive. Marie, thank you very much for your phone call. uh, One more thing. Uh, I hear uh, uh, Dr. Weefall and John Hopkins... uh, medical school or whatever, he hasn't told you that on his other radio show that he was on, he had a doctor... Marie, I'm going to have to stop you because we're at the end of our segment. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Frank Weefold, and we are having fun on the radio. We really are. I hope you appreciate that. You want to be a part of it, call 919-860-9783. We'll get you on the air right after Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. Hi, Rose. Hey, fellas. How are you doing? Good day. You've been burning it up. I mean, you wrote an excellent story about where the federal money, where the extra money is being spent in North Carolina. This is COVID money. But then there's another one. It's, uh, one of your other writers on North Carolina Health News comes up with a story about North Carolina organizations spending federal money or getting federal money to fight the opioid crisis. What do you think they're going to spend the money on, Rose? Well, I think there will probably be lots of outreach Um, maybe distribution of uh, things like naloxone and clean needles uh, so that folks, you know, it's this idea of harm reduction, right? That it's kind of saying that, okay, folks are using illegal substances. It's really hard to get them to quit. How about we keep them alive until they do? (laughs) That's actually, you know... Yeah, and and clean needles keep them from getting diseases and passing them around. Um, Naloxone saves them if they have an overdose. It allows you to reverse the overdose very quickly. So that's the rationale behind doing that. Um, And then I think a lot of outreach is really uh, important because folks are more isolated than ever with COVID. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think it's reaching people and saying to them, hey, there's treatment available, here's where it might be, you know, things like that. Yeah. You know what, the one thing I think people don't do enough of, though, there are high schools in Johnston County where the drug dealers are roaming the halls, and I don't understand that. And I talk to the kids all the time. They're they're in the halls. They're on the corners. And and the other thing they don't do is they don't have enough of the recovered addicts doing things for these high schoolers in terms of talking about their experiences 
Um, it was like what I did driver ed. You know what the most effective thing for driver ed for me was? Is they had kids coming in talking about their wrecks and what they mm-hmm. did. And so I, I think some of this money needs to be spent on education, not – and also enforcement, getting these drug dealers out of the schools. I, how is this possible? I, I mean, I, that I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, I, I really don't. I do know that there is a very active recovery community in North Carolina. These are folks who have recovered from, um, you know, substance use and who work with folks to, um, you know, basically it's peer education. It's peer counseling. It's, hey, man, I've been there. I understand what you're going through. Yeah, it's hard. I did it. You can do it. Here's what you need to do. That's exactly what so, I'm talking about, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And yeah. and I think, you know, it's a, a lot of the these peer support uh, counselors, um, these peer support specialists, they are. They tend to be a little older, so maybe that's why they're you know, not in high schools. Um, but there are some younger ones, and I've uh, oh, a couple years ago met some folks who were talking about um, uh, sober tailgating, for example, at college football games and sober dorms in colleges, so that there were places where people could live and recreate where there wasn't this constant pressure or temptation for using alcohol and drugs. Yeah. All right, Rose, thank you very much. I want everybody to direct their attention to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. You could Google search North Carolina Health News, but make sure you go to the right one, NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. You can contribute. You can read some great articles, and you guys have have really hit it out of the park this season. You've been busy, haven't you, Rose? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll just say say that. Yes. Jesus, yeah. (laughs) Interesting article about masks that you might want to read. Thank you, Rose. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to talk to you. All right. Well, we love having you. Thank you, Rose. All right. Great. Bye. I want to talk about some things that are not related to the COVID thing, uh, several moments ago, I, I had some stress, and I don't know why I had some stress, but now I'm going to report to you, doctor, I didn't feel any palpitations in my heart. Well, you know, this is one of the things that I see a lot, especially in young people. Stressed out radio announcers? Well, no, stressed out people <laughs> who come to see me because of, quote unquote, their heart's racing. Okay. And so this is what I tell them. Is this the chicken or is this the egg? And so the big question I say is, does your stress come on before you start to palpitate, your heart's racing, or does your heart racing come on and then you get stressed? Because there are so many rapid heartbeat conditions that your doctor can diagnose with a monitor. You wear this monitor for two weeks, and if your heart is beating okay, and then suddenly it starts to race. Uh Uh-huh. They can pinpoint that. We can pinpoint whether that racing is happening, and then you're getting panicky because you're worried about it. Yeah. Now, can stress in and of itself induce a rapid heartbeat? Sure. Because one of the things that happens when you have a panic attack, when you have a stressful situation, is adrenaline. Okay? So everybody knows what that is. Fight versus flight. You see a tiger. 
Mm-hmm. You're afraid the tiger is going to eat you or your baby. Mm-hmm. You have to have an extra energy boost. And so the adrenal glands, which are sitting on top of the kidney, they produce this epinephrine or adrenaline. And it causes your heart to race to give you more blood flow, mm-hmm. causes your muscles to contract. And so you have more energy so you can outrun the tiger. Well, sometimes this goes haywire and you have a stressful situation when you really shouldn't be having yeah. out of the blue a stress attack. Yeah. That adrenaline can make your heart race. But also the heart racing in and of itself can scare you lead to stress. And yeah, so sure. if you have those two combined, don't assume you're just a stressed out person mm-hmm. and need to take a stress pill. You may have a cardiac condition causing your heart to race due to an electrical abnormality, and then you get stressed from that. I think I'm glad that I sometimes get animated, but it doesn't seem to be a cardiac event. Well, there's always the first time. All right. Now I'm going to take you right back. (laughs) We're not going to spend a lot of time on George Jefferson, but if anybody remembers the television show The Jeffersons, there was an episode in which George Jefferson was told to stop stressing. Now, he was a stressor. He was I a liked, guy who I liked him. vented, okay? What was his wife, Wheezy? Wheezy, right. Wheezy. Well, here's the thing. During the period of time he was supposed to stop stressing, I don't know whether they had a monitor on him or a doctor was visiting. It turned out he had a harder time holding in the stress than letting it out. <laughs> he eventually blew up, and his doctor said, you know something? Your blood pressure's pretty good. I think you're I think you're better letting it out. You need to let your stress out. Yes. All the time. But okay. the question is how you do it. Well, hitting so, people is out of the question apparently. Deep, deep breathing. According to HR, yelling certain things across the cafeteria. You don't want to do that. No. You want to sit down, take a big deep breath, <laughs> yes. hold it for a couple seconds, let it out slowly, wait a couple seconds, take another big... No, that works. It reduces the stress hormone levels through a negative neurologic impact. You know what we call that in radio? What? Dead air. Yeah. yeah if you don't hear anything for about 30 seconds, it's me holding my breath. Okay. I want to tell you that we are now on Carolina's Greatest Hits, 98.3 FM a part of the Curtis Media uh, group of stations. We're also on Talk 96.3 and 103.7, closer to the coast. We're also all over the place on the Truth Network in Charlotte, Greensboro, and Richmond. I hope they can handle the truth. They can. Yeah, yeah, they can. But, I mean, it means different things to different people. But the Truth Network is an excellent Christian network. Here's the thing. In order to satisfy everybody on telephone calls, here is the anytime number, 919-745-7422, because some of these stations do not air the show noon to one on Sunday. So calling the regular number wouldn't make a lot of sense. You've got to call this anytime number if you're not listening from noon to one on Saturday, 919 745 7422. How can we find you on the radio in these places? Simple. Go to hearthealthradio.com. Right. That website has not only that telephone number, but this telephone number, and it's got all the transmitter locations that you can hear this radio show. We're so grateful to stretch our wings and really be a network since we've been calling ourselves a network for more than a year. 
Well, um, we, we've had a network. We've had Apple Podcasts. Sure. And we've had, you can listen to the radio on hearthealthradio.com. Yes. And WPTF.com. Insulin. There are states now taking action to uh, help. And rightly so. Folks like me get decent prices on insulin. Well, there's two, two things I want to say about insulin. If sure. you're a type 1 diabetic, yeah. that means you got it when you were <clears throat> young. Right. And it's an autoimmune disease. You destroy your pancreatic cells that produce insulin. If you don't have insulin, you're going to die. Those people are paying through the roof for an essential compound that will kill you. It will kill you. Will die if you don't have. Right. They have increased, and I'm talking about the drug companies. I'm going to say Lilly because Lilly right now is making me silly with anger. Because they're fighting these cost reductions that everybody needs to have. People are paying $1,200 a month to get a vital drug that they can't live without. Right. And you know how much it costs to make that vial? I don't know. $25. Mm. Okay? And and Lilly is claiming, oh, we got to make these profits. Um, it costs us a lot of money to market it. Sure. And it drives me nuts. Now, if you're a type 2 diabetic, which is related to... Metabolic syndrome. Now, what's that? It means that you have insulin, mm-hmm. but you don't. It doesn't function right. Right. I want to tell you this. Tell your doctor. Ask your doctor. I want to get off insulin because you already have it. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is taking your garden hose that won't, you know, uh, work because right. the water is not being absorbed, and then taking a fire hose on top of it. Instead of making whatever you're trying to water, absorb the water. Uh huh. So suppose you want a garden, but it's concrete. Yeah. You're going to have a water hose splashing on the concrete that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, you take a fire hose. Sure, you might get through that concrete, right. but you're causing damage. So there are so many new medications out. And here's the problem. They're also expensive. Yeah. But they need to cut the cost of insulin. They need to cap it. And my idea, which was the president's idea was to say you can't charge insulin prices. You can't charge an, a, a diabetic, either type 1 or type 2, more than you charge somebody in Europe or in England or in Botswana. That's $50. That's what they pay a month. Really? Yeah, and we pay 1200 Now think of that. I totally understand that. Yeah, so they are the, the hall of shame, too. That's, that's why I dress like a bum when I'm buying a car. Yeah. Or I don't tell anybody I'm a cardiologist when they come to my house to repair things. That's right. That's right. It, it's sometimes a conversation, even though it's not out loud, the quiet part is, how much is this going to cost? And inside somebody's head, it says, well, how much do you got? Yeah. You know, how much can you spend? Um, yeah. My ex-wife once paid $1,000 to fix the pool cover <laughs> when somebody else would have done it for 50 Yeah. Craziness. It happens. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. We never got to the shame part. We're going to get to that. Shaming the CDC about something they announced. We got a bunch of people in the shout-out segment. People who've done some good things, including somebody who was in last week's shame. Somebody went from shame on you to good job, buddy. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point. You, get, you change your ideas, you change your attitude, and you're going to end up in one category or the other. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and down, throw my head back and down. 
today we will have video of Dr. Weefall dancing to this song before we get into the shout-outs. I do the hula with our opening song. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dr. shout-out Dr. Fauci. Yeah. We've been really? beating up on him. Yeah, okay, go ahead. But listen, you won't see this on ABC, NBC, CBS because it goes against their narrative. But Dr. Fauci has announced, and I agree with him, mm-hmm. that we can safely go back to school. You haven't heard that because it's not with the liberal narrative. But I, I want to shout him out because he's being honest, and he's not just kowtowing to the liberal. We're going to do social distancing. We're going to wear masks. And we're going to be careful. And we're going to keep those kids away from each Put other. The desks apart. Right. On phys ed, you get 10 feet apart or whatever. And you do the right thing. During the week, I am a teacher. I'm already teaching. Yeah. And I'm wearing a mask and goggles. Oh, my God. They look like ski goggles. They are the lab goggles, the modern lab goggles with foam around the eyeballs and the whole thing. I just look ridiculous. Silly. All right. Who else are we shouting out? Okay. Golden Corral. I've always liked Golden Corral. But I went there the other day because I was sick of just eating at my desk. Yeah. Okay. Hand, uh, hand sanitizer when you walk in with a mask. Yep. Great. Yep. No touch uh, exchange of uh, cash or ruski. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when you go up to get your food, you hand sanitize again. You're wearing your mask. And they have these really cool blue, huge gloves. Right. Don't put them on till your hands are dry. Wave your hands around because yeah. that's what happened to me. It sucked. <laughs> and then you get your food. And... Let me tell you, you can eat healthfully at Golden Corral. You had the salad bar. I had yes. steamed broccoli, etc. Good for you. But they did it right. I yeah. felt more comfortable eating there than I did when I had a friend over and they made me a grilled cheese. I went to a it, – it's a Chinese restaurant. It was a – or it is still is a, a all-you-can-eat bar. Right. But the way they've done it is similar to that. You can go up to the bar. You go ahead and put the gloves on, and you handle. You yeah. only handle the spoons yeah. with the gloves. I love it. It's it's uh, that was um, Hunan Heart. Their sign. Look for them around downtown. Their big sign says Hunan Heart, but it's in cursive, so it appears to say Human Heart, <laughs> which is which is why they don't get a lot you of don't people to eat that. No, no, no. It's just David and Carrie. Thank you for calling Heart Health Radio. How you doing? Yes. Hi. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Sure. A quick question. I um, I was on a, a flight in January. I'd rarely fly anymore, but I I took a flight in January and um. Two days later, I'm, I'm sick for like a week. Um, didn't think much about it, but ever since then, my chest just kind of feels tight. I mean, I'm fine. I can mow the grass. I just just have this tightness, and you know, of course, what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, did you? You said you were sick. What kind of symptoms did it you? It just have? felt like a cold or flu. Yeah. You know, coughing and. You know, just the usual symptoms. Um, well, let me tell you, I would get checked out. How how old are you? I'm 56. You're young. But did anybody in your family ever have a heart problem? Mother, father, sister, brother? Yeah, my mom had some heart issues, yeah. Heart attack or what, what kind of heart issues? Yeah, issue? arrhythmia. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. yeah. Well, here's the reason why I would get checked out. Number one, you're probably okay and you want to know it. Number two, all sorts of things can cause chest tightness from your lungs to your heart, to your esophagus, I like to say that, esophagus. Mm-hmm. And it can't hurt to get checked out. And one of the things that I would do is get the antibody test for COVID, because you sure as heck might have had it in January. 
I mean, people were getting it and not knowing it. And then you just want to make sure it's not a heart-related issue and not a lung-related issue to COVID. Because after COVID, when you're relatively symptomatic but not horribly symptomatic, you can have long-term lung problems and long-term heart problems. Not trying to scare you. In fact, trying to make you feel better is go get it checked out. I would get a COVID antibody test. I would get a chest X-ray and, you know, EKG and maybe an ultrasound of the heart. And maybe a stress test. It can't hurt to get these things. And number one, if they're all okay, then you're going to feel better about not having a serious problem. So my recommendation is go go to go see your doctor, tell him what you're feeling, and say, I'd like to get checked out as much as possible. Well, no, I'd like to get checked out in these ways because I'm 56 and I want to know. Gotcha. I have a, and listen, call back. After you've had yourself checked out, and let us know what happened. I'll do that. We'd really love to hear from you. Thank you, David. I do appreciate it. You know what happened to me a few months back is I had some minor symptoms. Don't want to talk about them, but I had a test. And it was one of these tests with a lot of false positives. You had the antibody test? No, no. I had it. No, in fact, it was, I had a, they tested my urine and found blood. Now, they didn't find a lot. A little teeny-weeny bit of blood? Microscopic. But here's the thing. I then had to go and get further tests. Yeah, this is what we call the danger of the false positive. And I felt lousy until I had the final all clear. Right. And then they said, yeah, by the way, you probably had a UTI and it's already taken care of. Right. Thanks. How many – this is what I was talking about earlier about the prostate test, the PSA. Yeah. The prostate-specific antigen. And it can be high from a UTI, uh, urinary tract infection. It can be just high because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. So many people wind up getting a prostatectomy mm-hmm. from a high PSA when they didn't need it. And, you know, let me tell you, um, don't over-test because there's false positive tests. Right. Like for a woman getting a stress test without, you know, an appropriate additional test. Right. They wind up getting a heart catheterization because the EKG in a female in the setting of the presence of estrogen can be false positive. They wind up getting all sorts of tests to find out. And, you know, the problem is women can have, women can have symptoms that are unusual and difficult to extract in a phys- history and physical. And, and sometimes they do need to have these special tests. So beware of the false positive. And when there's a chance, to get a confirmatory test, it's called. Get that first. Simple confirmatory test. If you have a false positive COVID test with the antigen test, it can be discovered as false positive by the PCR test. You're not a big person on extreme sports and extreme exercising. I'm not a big person of huge exercise regimens. I mean, I see all these young people in my neighborhood running like mad, lifting like mad. And we had the, he's a Ruski, right? Yeah, he's a Russian power lifter. Tried to lift 820 pound deadlift. <laughs> he broke both his knees. No. Now, how do you break your knees? He pulled the tendons off of his knees. He ripped the cartilage, the meniscuses. Yes. This guy, this guy got emergency surgery, was in a huge amount of pain. The answer is moderate. To simple exercise if you want to stay healthy. And if you want to impress people that you can deadlift 820 pounds, right. go see your psychiatrist first. Really? Right. Okay. Because that's nuts. Well, I would say 
that you're an advocate for walking rather than running. Absolutely. I would also say we're pretty much out of time. This is Heart Health Radio. Tune in next week. Enjoy this show. Check us out on hearthealthradio.com. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.